And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with Erica Busahaney, and we are going to take your calls this hour, and she'll do readings based on psychic questions or psychic medium questions. And do you have a preference, Erica? Uh, No, honestly, just whatever it is that they're kind of needing to get some insight for tonight, uh, we'll see what we get. All right, very good. You ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. Let's start by going to first-time caller Chelsea in Everett, Washington, to get us started. Hello, Chelsea. Hi, George. Uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Well, thank you. Great to have you aboard. What can we do for you? Um, I would really love to connect with my mom, if at all possible. I lost her and my dad about 10 years ago. Okay, um, let me, so sometimes when you're getting a reading, it's kind of interesting, it's what pops up first, okay? Um, And so what I see, so visually I see a girl that has, and I'm thinking this could be you, Chelsea, would you say your hair is like a light brown or kind of like a blonde Mm -hmm. with a little bit of ringlet curl when it's longer? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so what they usually do is they have me kind of stand near you, Um, so I'll go with the dad first, okay? There's a male that often watches you sleep. So this is when um, we have the dreams of people. They're usually standing in the room watching us sleep and relaying messages in our dream state. Oftentimes we don't know that it's that loved one, but we just get these messages. So know that if you get messages from your loved ones, it's because they're talking to you. It is a visit, not just a dream, okay? Um, So I don't get a lot of the mediumship conversation about their passing. It's more about where you are in your life, them guiding you and being very proud of you, okay? So what I will tell you is they show me getting on a plane and traveling. So there might be something coming up for you, giving you the understanding that, hey, girl, go on that trip, do that, that we're very proud. And then I also am filling out documentation for education or training. So they're saying, hey, you either completed that, we're proud of you, or continue the journey, okay? Okay. Okay. And then there's all these photographs that they're flipping through, and they're showing me pictures. And it's not a shrine exactly, but I'm looking at a shelf, and – This is a woman now showing me this. She's showing me, like, baby pictures, pictures of her, pictures of maybe your family, and acknowledging that there is either cremation there or this, like, you know, whole memory of me on this shelf. And I also feel like oftentimes you see me or feel me in the home. So if you do see these things, acknowledge their presence and speak to them. Our loved ones do hear us even when they transition, okay? Mm, Okay. All right. Does that help you, Chelsea? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you for calling in. Thank you, Chelsea, too. You don't necessarily need the name of the dead deceased person, do you? No, it just comes to me in a way. I mean, when I do readings, I usually don't want to even know what they want. You know, I just like to kind of go off what they give me. But in a situation like this, it's just easier to kind of move through more callers if I kind of have some understanding of what they're wanting to get insight in reference to. Have you ever had a uh, deceased person say the money is in the wall or anything like that? Uh, actually, yes. The, the money was in the wood 
the wood uh, flooring, just like in the movie Color Purple. And the the story is that the guy said to me, yeah, my dad had a lot of money, and it is known that he never used banks, and we've been trying to find the money. And I basically uh, never heard from him again, so hopefully he found the money. Um, but, yeah, the dad had showed me specifically where the money would have been, um, and the the worry was that the, the wife the, found the money before they did. So if you're hearing this, uh, let me know how that turned out. And we don't know how much it was then, do we? No, but I think they thought he had, you know, hundreds, you know, it was a lot of money. It was it was definitely a lot of money. Like hundreds of thousands? Thousands, yeah, because he never put money in the bank. He didn't trust the banks. And that often happens. So if, you, if you're that way, tell a family member, you know, because a lot of times we throw out the mattress. And if the money's in the mattress, they're never going to get it. If they don't know where to find it, they're not going to get it. It's just going to go down with the house. Uh, and someone will find it in the remodel. East of the Rockies, Mike's with us, truck driving in Indiana. Hello, Michael. Hi, George. How you doing tonight? Great. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Hi, Erica. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, do you ever have a dog with you in that truck? Uh, no, he's he's with me in, well, he's at home right now, but uh, I do have a, a dog that passed it about a couple years ago that was very close. I see that dog in the truck with you, um, and my husband has a CDL and has, you know, driven. Um, he listened to George when he was driving over the road. Um, but I will tell you, sometimes you get sleepy, as many truck drivers do, and we are awakened by our loved ones that care. Um, and I see that dog near you often, so just kind of remember that, okay? What is your question, Mike? Um, i just just curious what pops up. Okay. Well, you have a deceased dog riding with you sometimes. That's um, awesome. The other thing is the journey as far as employment, okay? feel like you've kind of moved around a little bit and maybe wanted to be self-employed or be an independent operator. I do feel that at some point, if you have not already done this, there is a feeling of um, having your own business in that way so you might uh, own your own truck or have a fleet of trucks at some point and there is a feeling of also kind of coming home and doing a side business in real estate so if you have an opportunity to invest or do anything with um, building in general I would definitely encourage you to do that as well okay okay all right hope that helps you oh it did very much thank you very much all right you thank you Mike night. Thank you, Michael. Drive carefully. Truck drivers keep us going, don't they, Erica? They do. And, you know, um, often they are just, we don't, we don't understand how they keep the world running. And so every time I meet a truck driver, every time I meet someone in the military, I thank them for their service. Thank truck drivers for their service as much as we thank the military. Absolutely. They deserve all of that. They sure do. They sure do. Robin's with us in Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Robin. Go for it. Hi, George. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Erica. Hello, Robin. Hi. Oh, um, I'm calling about my my son. He um, passed nine years ago yesterday. Okay. Um, Robin, can I go upstairs in your house? Meaning, are you, do you have a two-story home where I can walk up? up another flight inside the home yes okay so right now i have a male um 
<laughs> he's he's interesting. I have this male kind of ushering me upstairs, okay? Um, okay. And if, when I'm upstairs, I go to the right. And what he shows me is that he goes down that hallway quite often. So if you wake up and you're kind of, you know, dozy and, and you're thinking you're seeing a presence, a shadow presence moving upstairs, I would have to say that's that. Now he goes, roo, 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 roo. So the, the fire alarm is going off in the house, or there's some kind of noise that's alarming like that that he's responsible for doing. So he's trying to get your attention. And he's telling me, Mom, I'm okay, okay? So I don't think he's a normal death because there is a need to let you know that he's either physically okay, meaning all in one piece, or that yeah. he is mentally okay, all in one piece in his passing. And... um what he's saying is that you don't feel him that often anymore, um, and he is still present. He just said he took a break, and he comes and he comes back and he goes. But sometimes they do that. They don't want to stun our the grief process, so we'll feel them as moms and dads initially. We'll smell them. We'll know they're present. And then they take a little hiatus so that we can grieve and understand that they've passed. But he is definitely around you, tells you to water your plants so they might be some <laughs> drooping, and go outside in the backyard and talk to me some more, okay? Okay, Erica, thank you so much. Thank you. That's true. He was um, Down syndrome when he, yeah, he was Down syndrome, and he didn't have a voice, and I heard his voice for the last time. Thank you. And, and I hear boys are with Down syndrome, so I, I get it. You know, they are the sweetest souls, and, and just, oh, yeah. That's something else. When you get these impressions, these feelings, do you picture him in your head? Well, initially, I'll see them as a shadow figure. And what I've learned to do is, if I have time, I can remote in almost like a telescope to their face, and a lot of times they'll show me things like if they have a dimple in their chin or they have specific hair or their skin color, and then I'll zone out, and then I'll see them very clearly. So I kind of use my, my intuition almost like a telescope. I go up in remote view. I was literally standing in her house seeing the stairs, and he, I was him at that moment, and he was going back and forth upstairs kind of like as a shadow figure. So I could, if I wanted to, focus into where the rug is, where is a bedroom, where is a bathroom, you know, where is a, a dog or a cat, because uh, I see them as warm bodies. But, yeah, um, I, I kind of see everything in that way. Gina Maria is with us, State of Washington. Hello, Gina Maria. Go ahead. Hello. I'm loving peace and healing, and God bless to everyone and everything everywhere. You too. Oh, I love that. I love your name, but I'm going to borrow that. I love that. <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, so um, I was curious if you could bring in um, Danny. Um, he was the one who tried to help save his life. Um, sweetie, your vibes just give me such goosebumps, okay? And what what I feel is that uh, this this gentleman, he's talking about the journey after his passing. So you are kind of like an advocate, honey. He's like she's out there just changing lives. Don't don't. He's like don't worry about me. You took this as like 
your your anthem to do things. And so he's just watching the good that you're doing to help people. Um, I don't know if he had an addiction issue because AA for me is basically someone who would uh, go get uh, counseling for addiction. And then there's Al-Anon people that are, you know, afterwards that, uh, that ha- get that help too because it affects the whole family. But he's doing this whole Catholic thing for me, so that might tell me that he's found a religion in, in the way that he's okay. And I'm often seen, seeing that when someone commits suicide, okay, because they're saying, hey, I'm okay. I'm, I'm with God or, you know, the universe, uh, the creator, and I'm not uh, in that limbo that people often think uh, these kinds of deaths happen in. And I don't know, he's just kind of sitting up with his feet up. He has no shoes on. He's got jeans on. He's thin. And he's just smoking a cigarette. And I feel like I'm sitting right next to you. So I'll just say, that's what I get, honey, okay? Uh, Okay. I'm not sure if that's not my brother instead of this uh, Danny gentleman. Okay. Because I, uh, yeah, he was murdered. And I tried to save his life from the murderers. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, so, I, that's that's might probably be my brother. Who I have been. Was your brother tall and thin? Yeah, and he committed suicide. Yeah. Okay, that's who I have, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> sometimes I can I can be wrong, but he he put like a hang thing down, <laughs> and sometimes that's my suicide sign, and sometimes that's how they committed suicide. So did he did he do it in that way? It was a bunch of pills. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The symbolism, and this is good to kind of talk about, too, for mediums and psychics, our symbolism can be, uh, like for me, sometimes a rope just means, hey, I committed suicide or I hung myself. It could be one or the other. Yeah. Symbolism definitely will change on you in a minute. (laughs) Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for calling in, Gina Marie. Thanks, Gina. Next up, let's go to Aaron in Florida. Welcome to the program. Hey, Aaron, go ahead. Wow, thank you, uh, George, for uh, taking my call. And, sure thing. Uh, uh, I've been going through uh, just kind of like a stagnant period. Uh, I was wondering what kind of things you see with my job, and I'm wanting a bunch of money, and I also want to know kind of like where you see me being, like maybe in Florida or California and entertainment or something. And like I said, I've been just bouncing all around, so I'm kind of need, needing some guidance. What do you okay. What do you see? Okay, Erin, I love your energy. As soon as you started talking, do you have any round circular tattoos on your arm or leg? Uh, tattoos? No. Okay. I saw a signal, which is kind of like maybe look into that to see if that might be something that could assist you as far as protection or manifestation. Um, so to answer your question, I live in Florida. So between where all those places you were saying, I was – Dab, dab in the middle of Texas. So be looking at Texas as maybe an opportunity for what you're wanting to do. And I, I kind of chuckled a little bit when you said the money, because, you know, they always say if psychics are psychics, they can tell, they can win the lottery and tell you how to do money. Money is a little different for you, okay, because I feel that you've tried multiple things and you feel that they haven't panned out. Be a little bit more graceful on yourself. I just feel like it's all timing. You're about to hit a real great opportunity of networking. Um, look into management, okay? Okay, maybe you've been the, the person that's performing, looking to managing this time. And I do feel it's about networking. You're not out there the way that you've been in the past. And it's time to kind of like um, manifest by action. So I have to kind of get on you a little bit, Aaron. You've been lax, dude. <laughs> oh. It's time to get the paper out, get the <laughs> goals out, 
vision board, call the people that she used to interact, and basically step up and get it done, okay? What's that circle thing you're talking about? I don't, I don't it get It looks part. like a tattoo to me, honestly. I thought it was a tattoo. A signal is usually kind of like uh, an angelic sign. Uh, a lot of the archangels are signals. Tap into Michael is who I would tell you. Um, might, read a little bit a, about an angel, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Talk to Michael, like the, the Archangel Michael, um, for guidance and protection. I feel like that would help you a lot in your journey, okay? Okay. I'm still lost. <laughs> what did you say? I said I'm still lost. but just kind of like all over the place. Well, I appreciate you calling, um, and hopefully you'll be able to decipher from some of that that I gave you, and hopefully it'll help you. Okay, Aaron, good luck. Hope all works out. Erica, since you've been doing this, since you were a little girl, what has been the most satisfying aspect of what you do? Well, you know, he would be a great example of this. Sometimes we go to people that are psychic and mediums, and, you know, maybe they don't have the answer, and maybe that information doesn't resonate with them today, and that's okay. Um, I learned a long time ago I don't have to be right, but I have to relay the message that I give um, that I'm given to who I get it for. And it's up to them to kind of discern how it might fit in their lives. But messages for me, the, the beautiful thing is to teach and empower people. So I teach and empower people to, to discern your own messages. He would be a great example. Meditate, ask those same questions, and see how they might get insight. So a lot of the the aha moments, the beautiful things about being me, is to teach people to be their own psychic to teach people to fire people like me. Learn how to discern your own intuition so that you can walk every day with guidance because the spiritual world wants to assist us. We just have to close our minds and listen. What should people do when they're getting readings to get the most out of it? Well, you know, we go to people, a lot of times we're Googling online, we're looking for a psychic, and we're in a sense of desperation. So, you know, if you're drawn to the wrong person, they're going to take advantage. So go with the intent to ask your guidance to find you the right psychic. I don't care if you go to their website and they have a dragonfly on there and you don't like it. If your guidance tells you, hey, this isn't the right person, they might not look right, run, because that's telling you that that's not the right person. Um, have questions, you know, write a list of questions of things that you want answers to, but you don't necessarily have to tell them. Um, record your session. I always tell people, no matter where you get a reading from, if they won't let you record it, run away. You are paying for this service to be accountable for what you hear, and they need to be accountable for what they tell you. And most importantly, don't be a psychic junkie. A psychic junkie would be someone that would get readings from me and someone else and someone else and someone else. Yeah. And, and people prey on that, the wrong people. Most of us that are legitimate and that we have that empathy and we care and we really do want to help, we're not going to read you every five months or every week. Um, I tell people I don't do repetitive readings um, because, you know, you want to empower people to learn to listen to their own loved ones. All right. Well, hang with us, Erica. We're going to take a short break and come back and take final calls in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back, George Norrie, along with Erica Busahaney, our final segment here. Erica, Spirit Guides, tell us exactly who they are. Well, 
you know, spirit guides can be a number of different things. Um, they basically help us talk. Well, they talk to us to kind of help us through life. Um, and so some of them could be our higher self. That's pretty much our connection to God. Um, some of them could be angels. Um, as I was talking to that caller before the archangel, um, Michael would be something good to kind of connect with him or maybe get some jewelry to help protect him and to uh, help him with some of the difficulties he's having. Um, oftentimes I call on Michael and kind of envision myself in his wings um, for protection and guidance. Then we have Ascendant Masters. They're people that have walked the earth before, um, and they're basically kind of uh, contracted to assist us in this lifetime. Our ancestry, people that we've never seen, that are in our bloodline, our DNA, they are spirit guides often. And then, you know, deceased loved ones. They don't necessarily have to be our deceased loved ones. Sometimes they're people that we've interacted with. Sometimes they're people that are situational. Animals um, can be spirit guides, uh, animal totems, and then extraterrestrial, ET. Um, we don't know how many people are really getting information from up there, but we do know that they exist and we do know that they assist us. Do they have our best interests at heart? They do. You know, a part of their process of helping us is what is in our highest good. Sometimes we're so consumed with our ego and our fears and all these other things that they are kind of separate from that. So their information is in the highest good, and it's passed down um, through telepathy, through the psychic senses, in order to help us. Final calls. Here we go. Mark in Alabama on the wild card line. Hello, Mark. Go ahead. How are you doing, Erica? Hey, Mark, how are you? So good. I got a question for you. Bright, right. flying white lights. That's, that's, uh, I got hit by a car in Tampa, Florida, riding a bicycle. Um, somehow or another, I was coherent enough to tell, tell somebody the phone number. They called my parents. My mother got up and said, hey, well, you got to go, honey. Your son just got hit by a car. How the hell did you know that? I don't know. But the thing about it is, I woke up four days later. My mother said I changed colors and all this stuff. Didn't know I was going to live or not. And I said, what about the lights? She said, that sun had to be the operating room. Well, I eventually got in the military. I went to the Air Force. I switched to the Army and uh, turned around and started teaching people how to fly in the clouds. And then I had that experience in the clouds. White, blinding light. And I was like, oh, I've been here. I've done that. Put my visor down. And here it is, 50-something years later, and I still can't get it out of my head. What is up with a white blinding light? Well, they could be different things, like Travis Walton, you know, when he went up um, and had that experience. But it seems to me that you and your mom obviously have that psychic uh, connection, that imbiblical cord of connection that happens when, when we're born. Um, you know, she was able to sense something was wrong. Um, here you are in an accident and you are protected, I feel like, by angels. Um, that would be the, the highest vibration of white light. And it looks like you almost transitioned to the other side. Um, did you feel a sense of real, you know, you were out for a couple of days, but did you sense a real feeling of peace any time during that, uh, your, your time in that? Uh, truthfully, mm -hmm. I didn't know. At 15 years old, and here I am in my 60s, and I still can't forget it. Truthfully, I have no idea. 
I didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't forget it. I can't get it out of my head. It looks like it's that awakening that a lot of people have, near-death experience, when they go to the light. And a lot of times they're pushed back, hey, it's not your time. And they're forever changed. You never forget it. But you are, you are changed. And a lot of times you don't fear death anymore. Your intuition increases. And that awareness of, you know, just all that has happened and all that you see, you share. So that's probably what happened. Um, you, you hit the other side and just came back to join us. Who sends the white light, Erica? Well, I find often when I talk to people that, are, that have died or that I remote view and see the death as they're dying, they're the loved ones that we recognize first. It might be our mom or dad, our uncle. Um, animals, believe it or not, show up uh, to, to transition us. Um, so a lot of times the white light is, is heaven. It's our loved ones coming to say, hey, you've passed. Come into the light, Carol Ann. There is peace and tranquility in the light. And so it's usually people we recognize, so we're not afraid. Let's go to Bill in Los Angeles. Hey, Bill, go ahead. Uh, hey, George. Uh, Erica, as a former journalist, I'm curious about how you verify who or what is talking to you. For example, if someone says, Erica, do you think Hillary would let me sign up for Paranormal Night? I would only say yes, because I definitely want everybody to sign up for ParanormalDate.com, because I think it's such a worthwhile service for unique individuals like ourselves. Um, But, yeah, this is where I kind of become a a psychic detective and a a journalist as well, the the W's, you know, the who, the what, the when, the why. And then, you know, we have a lawyer on on my team. So when we do um, research, when we're doing home investigations or when we're called out to do a crime scene or whatever, um, my team is comprised of like a cop and a lawyer and criminal justice majors. So what they do is they kind of do the the scientific and the, the history. All my job is to do, uh, Bill, really, is just to relay the messages. And they can go and say, okay, you're getting a name Dean. Let me pull the archives. Dean died here at this time. So that's kind of what my team does. I just do psychic, Erica, mediumship, relay the messages, and allow their scientific left brains to do <laughs> the hard work. But, yeah, we do use a lot of history um, once we are in an investigation, a paranormal investigation, to find. Um, I rely on the client to, to answer those questions. It's not for me to go research, um, you know, the client, because that would be fraudulent for me to want to research them before or after the fact. First-time caller, Crystal's with us in Medford, Oregon. Hello, Crystal. Hello, George. Hello, Erica. Hello. Um, I have uh, just a um, a question about uh, my father that had, um, he's passed and it's been about, it's been six years and it was just, it was the strangest thing. Um, I was at home and it was evening time and I just had this feeling that I needed to get to the hospital like now, right now. And it was just an overwhelming feeling. And I called, and I was told to call my son and get there. So I called up Austin. I said, let's go. we got to go right now. He's like, why? What's going on? And I said, I don't know. I just know we have to be there. And so sure enough, you know, my father was, the whole family was there. And, um, you know, we 
were able to say our goodbyes, but he wasn't really quite coherent. Um, so um, we had left, and um, um, it, it was like as soon as I got home, um, he passed. And so it was like he was waiting, you know, he was waiting for us to be able to come and, and tell him goodbye and, you know. And so I'm so thankful that, you know, that, that I was able to have just that moment with him. But um, I guess my question is, um, it, since he was so incoherent at the hospital, was there any type of message that, that he might have for me? I am so glad you called because that, that's a worry for a lot of people, um, and I often get readings like this. So let's just backtrack a little bit. You got a sense that something was wrong. So this is dad coming out of body, coming to you in your location, and looking at you and saying, hey, baby, I love you, my daughter. Come to the hospital. Here's that gut instinct. Something is wrong, right? I'm giving you that through telepathy. You drive you and your son to the hospital. Family's there to say goodbye. He's up looking at you guys as you stand around the room. He waits till you go home. He transitions, okay? And then he sends you signs at the house. He walks around and gives you goosebumps from time to time. When you read in a, like, I feel like I'm reading in like a little area and drinking coffee or tea, he's standing there talking to you. He talks about cardinals and blue jays and uh, squirrels even, so I don't know where you are. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, not goodbye until we meet again. And so that's very important to know that. He says, until we meet again, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. These impressions that you get, Erica, do they come to you like in a dream? I oftentimes will have dreams too, but it's like when I meet somebody, I, I tell people it's almost like you see a movie in your head. Um, and then they just start subtly talking to me, almost like if I was singing a song in my head, but it's not me. It's them talking to me through telepathy. And oftentimes flashes of photos or, or, or snapshots of messages that they're trying to relate to me will come. And a lot of times they'll use symbolism, things that people that I know, oh, he looks like John Travolta or he's a dancer like this person. And, you know, a lot of times I kind of mimic their personality. So if they're gregarious and fun, you'll see me moving and dancing and doing all the things that they do. Um, but it's just really to show that love never dies, that those messages from the other side are visible every day. We just got to look for the signs and acknowledge them. Let's go to Mike in St. Louis. Hey, Michael, go ahead. George, thank you so much for taking my call. And hello to you, Erica. I'd oh, like to just see what type of reading you'd have for me. My parents uh, both have passed, and um, I've lost five brothers. And see what wow. you feel. And uh, just lastly, um, will I be able and should I move from where I'm at? I'm not real happy where I'm at. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, Mike, the first thing I'm going to say is if you're not very happy where you are, then I don't need to, I don't need to validate your move, okay? I, I would no, just I'm, say I'm you interested. do what is in your highest good and what makes you happy. Um, I will say that there's a timing issue about the move, and so I do feel like you are going to move, but it might not be in the timing that you're wanting, so you might want to look at, you know, by February or next year. I don't know about this year for some reason, okay? Um, and so let's go. Um, do you have any kind of water? Because um, they take me where they take me. 
So if I'm at your physical home now, do you have like a lake or a pool or any kind of hot tub that would be outside the in the backyard? I've got I've got a river real close. A to river. Me okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, very, All right. So. Um, which is odd to see cremation because I don't think they're cremated, so these might be animals. Do you have any cremation of animals in the home? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. Um, my son was cremated, however. Okay. I lost his um, son. I see cremation, but I also see a dog near that cremation, so this might be a pet of his. Okay. Um, okay. What I'm going to tell you is that sometimes I see people's bodies in front of me. And so okay. I, I think this is you, not your brother, not your father, okay? Um, what they're going to tell me is I'm looking at the chest area where I see kind of like a scar. So it might have been him that might have had a surgery or you might have had a surgery or you might be concerned about, you know, a lot of times men have cholesterol issues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. I do feel like that's okay. Are they in perfect peace? So if that has something to do with one of the passings, I'm okay, and you don't have to worry about that. Don't take okay. the trip. I feel like I'm in Boston or up, I'm in Florida, so I'm way, way up north someplace. It's not necessary for you to take the trip to see us because we're with you. So if you're expecting to do some journey to a cemetery, save the gas. Just bring them to you by thinking of them in thoughts of love. And I do feel like I am looking at the lake, throwing like bird crumbs and watching, you know, I guess these are ducks or animals. I don't know if they're birds and just really just kind of being at peace with that. And um, I would say they are often in that place with you when you think of them. Talk to the heavens and they do hear you. Okay. Erica, you take bookings through your websites. I do. People can go to coldcasepsychic.com or psychicdiva.com and book an appointment. Super. And we look forward to seeing you on October 14th in Columbus. Are you ready for that? I'm ready, guys. Everybody listening, go to George's website and get you a ticket for that. Uh, come to the Lincoln Theater in Ohio and meet me and, and all of his wonderful speakers. So I assume you're going to be in the lobby of the theater? I am. I'm going to be, you can't miss me. I'm going to be right in the door entrance uh, so you can stop by and say hello and get a reading. Now, you have to say hi during the show, too, to everybody. You know that. Oh, yeah. I would love uh, to. I, I do think that I'll be on stage and waving and say, saying hello to everybody, and I'll be in the lobby. Um, so you will definitely not miss me. Yeah, Tom says you're going to be part of the meet and greet, so we'll make sure you're, you're doing that, okay? Okay, thank you so much. All right, Erica, you take care of yourself. A wonderful psychic medium who just does a amazing job handling phone calls. It's an art just to be able to do that, to be sure. But don't forget, folks, October 14th, Columbus, Ohio, Lincoln Theater. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDesseur, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burrows, Tim Benall, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.